Welcome to Ormwood Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and to our podcast where we share our Sunday sermons for those in Ormwood Park, Atlanta, and beyond. Our mission is to welcome everyone to explore the living God in all of our neighborhoods, and we value welcoming others, opening our minds, being of service, and participating in whatever ways God calls us. We hope you learn, grow, and find a place to belong with us. As we continue with our discipleship series, we are going to read a story about a certain Martha and Mary today, probably a familiar story for many of you, um, as we kind of look at what it means to rest at Jesus's feet and how is rest and inhaling part of discipleship too. So listen now for a word from God from um, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. So at an Omega Institute event, both Dr. Joan Halifax and Dr. Brene Brown were slated to present. After doing a technology and a microphone run-through, the women walked back to their hotel, and Brown turned to Halifax and expressed how tired she was, um, but that she would see her at the meet-and-greet before their presentations. Dr. Halifax surprisingly said that she would not attend the meet-and-greet, and recommended that Brene skip it as well. Brown was shocked. As one of the key speakers, she didn't know it was an option to stay in. Implicit, maybe even some explicit expectations told her otherwise. But Halifax was undaunted. She told her something very profound that will guide our discussion of the passage for today. She said to Brown, tonight we will exhale and teach. So now it's time to inhale. There is the in-breath and there is the out-breath and it's easy to believe that we must exhale all the time without ever inhaling. But the inhale is absolutely essential if you want to continue to exhale. So that night, they would both teach and transform the minds and hearts of their audience, and Halifax was going to go back to her room to prepare an inhale. Perhaps that looked like prayer for her, or meditation, or sitting in silence. You must inhale if you're going to have anything to exhale. You must fill up if you're going to have something to give. Now we say this, and it makes sense to us. I mean, if you're going to travel long miles, you have to fill up the gas tank first. If you're going to run a marathon, you first have to eat a healthy meal or two. If you're going to pay attention, you must first get a good night's sleep. If you're going to perform surgery, I pray to God you first fill up with knowledge and practice. We know this, but do we actually believe it? Do we actually behave like it's true? We live in a society that rewards productivity above most other things. 
The hours you work, the money you make, the networks you build, the nonprofits you start, the clicks on your LinkedIn profile, all of these are praised and rewarded and our identities are slowly built around them. We learn to recite things to ourselves that aren't actually quite true, even if the rewards of productivity bolster them. But these lies, these things we, they, we recite to ourselves, they're very convincing. They could sound anything like, every ministry is my ministry, or every need is my need to fill, or if I don't do it, no one will, or adrenaline is infinite, or this opportunity is replaceable, or, or irreplaceable, or I'm irreplaceable. How about, this is expected of me, or just this one last time? What is your lie of productivity when you want to claim you have more to offer than you actually do? How does it sound in your ear? I think each of ours are as unique as Martha's bent towards hospitality, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. So let me tell you about my lie. This week was a hard week for me. There's just a lot going on, um, but also Chris got COVID after being out of town for four days. And so all of our carefully made plans that two full-time working parents create to get through the week got upended. And apparently my threshold for this type of interruption is very low because by midday Wednesday, I had lots of feelings and I was exhausted. I had exhaled as much as I could and I needed a big deep breath. But my to-do list was still pretty long. X had to get done, Y needed tending to, I hadn't emailed so-and-so, Z and I were getting coffee to talk about a mutual need in our ministry, and my own personal Martha Lie was rearing its ugly head. And it is this, but it needs to get done now. I wish my lie was a bit more fancy or creative, but literally that's it. This needs to get done now. But it is a lie most of the time. Expecting ourselves and others to produce constantly is as phony as the idea we talked about last week. Remember that you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? Or like Janine said in the Zoom chat, when pigs fly, there's no such thing as exhaling without inhaling. It's not possible, not how God made us, and might fiscally profit others, but certainly not yourself or those you love. We must inhale in order to exhale. Now, there are times where we must complete a task on fumes, right? I'll admit that. Sometimes we must rely on adrenaline to supply the energy that food or sleep usually offer in order to get through something. Take the early years of parenting and the loss of sleep as you feed the hungry baby. But anyone who's a parent knows that you can only actually go without sleep for so long before relationships and bodies and emotions and mental health start malfunctioning and just eventually break down. Exhaling, producing constantly, is just not sustainable. It is only an emergency operating system for certain circumstances where our adrenaline and guts can boost us through, but it is only for a finite amount of time. Then our systems start breaking down. We see some breaking down happening in our passage for today. There are so many ways this passage today can be interpreted. It could be interpreted as a large permission slip for women to be disciples and cast off the chains of the patriarchy. Or it could be interpreted as a critique of busyness and an encouraging plug for becoming a monk. But I'm not going to go to either extreme. 
I think for today, this scripture is an important reminder that in order to exhale, to maybe cook a meal or serve a person in hospitality, or perhaps even be a good Samaritan, which is the story directly before this, that every person needs to inhale. No exceptions, no distractions, no other priorities. And if it feels impossible, that's because we've got some very powerful Martha lies lodged deep in our collective psyche. In our passage for today, Jesus is traveling towards Jerusalem, toward the grand finale of his ministry, or you could possibly say his last exhale. And he stops by Martha and Mary's house. They feature elsewhere in the Gospels and are clearly close to Jesus and part of his ministry. And as far as family systems go, we get to see a bit of theirs. Martha is taking care of the expected hospitality. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, Mary is not sitting at his feet because all the chairs are taken up. Sitting at the feet of someone actually means you're a disciple of theirs. You are learning from them. You are paying attention to them. And that's what Mary is doing. She is inhaling Jesus. She is allowing her cup to fill. But Martha's not. Now, someone does have to make the meals, but we get here a very clear image of the order of priorities for Jesus. The act of inhaling must be accomplished first. The sitting still with God is step one, no matter the pressure or the expectations, be they our own or societies or even the churches. In order to be in the world as Christ, we must first sit at the feet of Christ. That is the order of business our human condition demands. That is the better part. We are called to have the better part first, despite what those lies say that we have been practicing and rehearsing in our minds. Now, earlier in the pandemic, on a Wednesday like this week, I might have pulled off pushing through the week's to-do list or getting things done that I had planned to get done by Wednesday, on Wednesday. Earlier, the adrenaline supply maybe was a bit higher two years ago, and I was a bit more naive. But at this point, (laughs) two years into the pandemic, my adrenaline is a bit depleted. I have also witnessed the breakdowns caused by Martha living in myself, in some of y'all, no offense, and in colleagues in ministry. We've already exhaled a lot, and we're tired of being out of breath. We have forgotten to be merry in the demand of a world that we be Martha. I've seen firsthand how exhaling constantly actually suffocates good intentions and worthy goals. I've seen how exhaling constantly lengthens the amount of time something a well-rested person could accomplish with joy. It causes things like joy or hospitality to become chores of resentment. Sometimes pushing, producing, and giving do the opposite of what we expect them to do. Because the lies of productivity are just that. They are lies. They do not reflect the faithful call of Jesus to first sit at the feet of God and inhale. Those lies mix up our timeline with an infinite God. So on Wednesday, at almost noon exactly, I close my laptop, I silence my phone, I cancel the coffee date, I laid a cushion on the back deck in the sun. It was one of those glorious early spring days, and I crawled onto it. I did nothing but feel my feelings in the presence of God for two hours straight. 
And every time I started thinking or analyzing or planning or going into Martha mode, I had to stop myself, take a deep breath, and I just sat with my heart and with God. I inhaled like that first breath God gave us in Genesis. And it was good. It was transformational, in fact. And it was brave because you know the voices that visited me, right? Push through. You're stronger than this. Things need to get done. So-and-so wouldn't need a break. Other people can handle more than you. But when I sat at the feet of God on Wednesday, I will tell you what I felt. I felt Jesus's defense of Mary. This time will not be taken from you. Breathe in what is better. Because sometimes to stop in a world that demands we keep going is to ironically die on a cross and rise again. So as disciples of Christ, friends, I invite you to rest and rise again. Amen.